Hi, this is Liz Craven. Welcome to Sage Aging. This is your podcast for understanding the aging and caregiving journey and connecting to the information and resources that will make your experience better. Before we dive in, let me remind you that you can find all Sage Aging episodes, the Sage Aging Elder Care Guide, and much more at eldercareguide.com. Hello and welcome back to Sage Aging. I'm so glad you're here, whether you're here watching us on YouTube or you're listening via your favorite podcast app. I am so glad that you found your way to us. We are here to help make your caregiving journey a little bit easier by providing you with great information and resources. If you like what we're delivering, make sure that you hit that subscribe button below and make sure that you don't miss a thing that we're bringing to the table. Today we have a very information-packed topic for you, and frankly, I think all of our topics are information-packed. All of our topics are super important, but everyone has a different meaning for each person, and that's because every caregiver journey is different. They're not all the same. I personally have had three caregiving experiences, and each one of those had things that were very different from the other. So I think that all of these conversations, we can all find something that we can take. If you're a caregiver, it's likely that either your loved one or yourself is dealing with a chronic medical condition of some kind. That's just the way it is. So today we're going to talk about managing those medical conditions. And why? Because that leads to quality of life. And that's a really important thing when you're a caregiver and And it's a super important thing when you're at that stage in your life when you need help. Joining me today for this conversation is David Chandler. David is the Senior Director of Strategic Programs for Senior Helpers. And Senior Helpers is a nationwide provider of in-home care. They provide things like homemaker companion services. And when somebody's at the point where they need a little bit of help with activities of daily living, then Senior Helpers is the type of company that they would want to connect with. David, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for all that you and senior helpers bring to older adults and their families. Thank you, Liz. I'm very excited to be here. I want to start just for a moment to get to know you a little bit, David. We're going to talk about some great stuff, but tell me how you made your way into senior care. Yeah, so I'm I'm super excited to be here today to share something I'm very passionate about with it, which is helping seniors and their caregivers to manage their medical conditions. I started in senior care when I was 15 as a resident assistant in assisted living, actually as a caregiver. So with senior helpers, we do in-home care, and I started as a caregiver, worked for the VA for a little while. And from that time, I knew that I wanted to become a leader in senior care and helping seniors to get the care that they deserve. And so I became a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, worked in a number of different skilled nursing communities and assisted living, became a registered nurse and was a director of nursing and skilled nursing for a number of years. And then for the last few years before joining Senior Helpers, I was an executive director overseeing independent living, assisted living, and memory care communities. And I was introduced to senior helpers through what we call our life profile tool, which is a tool that we use to help identify risk of hospitalization and was very impressed with what 
senior helpers was accomplishing with this to help keep seniors out of the hospital. And that was actually what led me to joining senior helpers. And a big part of that is our focus on managing medical conditions. So I'm excited to share about that today and how we make it part of our mission to help keep seniors out of the hospital by focusing on how we can help support them with managing their medical conditions. Such an important topic. I think that is a great segue to get right into the conversation. So will you help me set the stage a little bit? What I wanna get to is why is it important to manage medical conditions. And I think to get there, we need to understand a little bit about the statistics surrounding chronic medical conditions anyways. Can you start there? Yeah, so I have a few statistics that I I have ready to share. 80% of adults age 65 and older have at least one chronic medical condition that they're walking through these days. While 80% of adults age 65 and older have at least one chronic medical condition, there's 68% that have two or more chronic medical conditions. And some of the most common chronic medical conditions that our seniors are facing include heart failure, hypertension, COPD, diabetes, depression, chronic kidney disease, arthritis. And a few of these that I'm going to focus on today include heart failure, hypertension, diabetes, some of the more common ones, and how we can easily help manage those. And so some statistics around hypertension, about 58% of adults age 65 and older have hypertension, and only one in four of those have their hypertension controlled. Hmm. And this is some of these statistics are mind-blowing. 34 million need medication prescribed, or they've had medication prescribed, and they need to start taking it. So oh. the, some of the things <laughs> well, that yeah, we're going to talk help. about, it's like you've gone to the doctor, you've got the prescription, but now you need to start taking it. So some of those the things we're going to talk about today are some of that prevention and how do we help manage these medical conditions. Diabetes, we have 37 million seniors that are living with diabetes and 20% of them don't even know it. And 96 million of them with pre-diabetes and 80% of them don't know that. So again, looking at some of the ways to help prevention, going and seeing your doctor, having a hemoglobin A1C, a test done so that they can see how are you managing your blood sugar? Are you at risk for developing diabetes? And the cost with people with diabetes. So we look at some of the impacts that these chronic medical conditions have. Americans spend about $327 billion every year in managing diabetes. Wow. It's a this crazy statistics around how these diseases are impacting us and our finances. And the last one, I really want to talk about this one with seniors is around depression. And I'm not going to, this is probably going to be when we're talking about statistics, we're going to talk about depression now and we're, we're not going to come back to it too much. But I do want to share a couple things around this. And depression affects about 6 million people over the age of 65 in America. And about 58% of those seniors age 65 and older believe that is normal for people to get depressed as they get older. And so one of the things that I want to share with your listeners is that depression is not normal. Those symptoms for when seniors, as they're getting older, as they're slowing down, they're not wanting to engage in activities as much as they want to. Maybe they have friends or family, spouses that are passing away. It is not normal to have depression. And there are things that we can do to help remedy that. And when suffering from depression, older adults are more likely than any other group 
in the country to handle it themselves and only 42% of them would seek help from a health professional. This is crazy to me. Only 42% of them would seek help. Now, once they go and seek that help, about 50% of the time they're misdiagnosed and only 10% of them get treatment. Hmm. So just something to really, this is something that's near and dear to my heart and working with seniors and having been in senior living and seen the impacts of, of seniors and facing depression and working with seniors in their living in their homes. Family members, if you see this, advocate for your loved ones. Go to the doctor with them. Talk with the doctor about options that are available. And if you're not happy with what the doctor is saying, there, that may be something that you need to get a second opinion on and maybe even consider going to see a psychiatrist or a counselor to see if there are other options because your loved one should not be facing these symptoms and advocating for them and going with them to the doctor to get that treatment can really, it can be a life or death difference for them in managing these those symptoms. That is so true. And by the way, I'll mention right here, we did have an episode just a few episodes back with Penny Williams about older adult mental health. And I'm going to link that in the show notes and in the blog post and down in the notes here on YouTube as well, so that you can go back and revisit that episode. It's so very important, and I appreciate that you brought that up. And I also want to point out that most of the time when we think about chronic conditions, I don't think most people would even think about depression as being a chronic right. condition. We're thinking heart issues and diabetes and all of the physical ailments that we might be dealing with, but you are so right that depression is very high on the list and more yeah. people are dealing with that than need to. And it's a matter of creating access and creating a situation where people feel comfortable reaching out for some help. So thank you for bringing Absolutely. that up. Great point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think probably the next thing that we need to address would be the PBHS study. Now this we brought up in the last episode with Georgiana Good. She and I talked about it briefly, but tell me a little bit about that because I think that will lead us into the five key areas that we wanted to discuss about managing chronic conditions and keeping a good high quality of life for everybody. Absolutely. And about Four or five years ago, Senior Helpers started a partnership with Performance-Based Healthcare Solutions, which is a research company based about an hour south of Houston in Galveston, Texas. And over the last 20 years, Performance-Based Healthcare Solutions, or PBHS, has been studying the reasons and the why behind what causes seniors to go to the hospital, what causes hospitalizations how can we improve their quality of life? How can we support their caregiver? Over the last 20 years, they've worked with over 300 organizations, including the Harvard University and the Mayo Clinic. Over 75,000 senior lives have been involved in this study, and it's led to the research and development and validation of the life profile tool that Senior Helpers uses with our clients to help identify their risk of having a hospitalization in the next six months. There's five key outcomes that we look at in that. We look at the client's independence. 
we have 13 areas of independence that we look at that helps us to form that score, what we call our autonomy profile score, that identifies this senior's risk of having a hospitalization in the next six months. And we look at things, some of those 13 areas include mobility, activities of daily living, medical condition management is the most heavily weighted on that scale of is someone going to be in the hospital in the next six months? Because if they're not properly managing their medical condition, there's a significant, significantly higher chance that they're going to have a hospitalization. We look at, can they get their laundry done? Can they get their dishes done? Can they get their groceries? And are they having adequate hydration and nutrition? So those are some of those 13 areas that we look at. We have 144 safety risks that we look at when we go into a home. Things like, do they have grab bars in the bathroom? Do they have non-skid tape on the floor? Have they pulled up those, what we call slip and slide bath mats in the bathroom? We don't like the bath mats because when you get soap on them, they get really slippery. So we much prefer non-skid tape. Those are a few of the 144 safety risks that we look at. We look at, so medical condition management is the focus of our call today. I'm going to dive into that a little bit more, but we also look at caregiver support. So looking at the client's family, the senior's family, and are they getting the help that they need? When was the last time that they took a vacation? I went into a client's home the other day where this this wife was help, helping to carry, care for her husband, and he's bedbound, and she's caring for him 24-7. And we asked her, what's an area that you're missing that you would really like to get back to in your life that you haven't been able to enjoy for a while. And she said, gosh, I'd really love to go back to church. Mm -hmm. And so scheduling around time that she could. So now we have a caregiver going in on Sunday mornings. And I asked her while we were there, did you ever go to lunch with your friends after church? And she said, oh my gosh, yes. And I miss it so much. And so now we've got a caregiver going in on Sundays to help with, so she can go to church, her husband is being cared for, and she can go and get lunch afterwards because it's so important for caregivers. It can be very stressful and you lose yourself and you lose your time to be the spouse or the son or the daughter in that time. And so we have a big focus on talking about what are you doing to help keep yourself healthy and keep yourself from burning out so that you can continue to care for your loved one. And, and we have a lot of community resources that we look at. So caregiver support is another big area. And then my personal favorite is quality of life. So medical condition management is the number one reason why seniors go to the hospital. But all those four areas really come back into combining into quality of life because our number one goal is to help this senior to live their best life, do the things that they enjoy. I can tell you story after story of times that we've gone in and found our clients where they're getting out of bed and they're making it to the couch and they're watching TV all day and they're going back to bed and that's their day. Mm. And our, we, our goal is to get them back engaged in life again. Let's get them to the YMCA. Let's get them to the senior center. Let's get them back to the VFW. Let's get them on. We have some clients that are now go. They're going on day trips out to the cities and going to the grocery store. And it just seeing our clients come back to life and re-engage in life and meaningful activity is really ultimately when we go through and we identify what are the safety risks, how do we properly manage their medical condition, 
How do we support their family members when we combine all these together and we see them be able to engage in life again? That's the most rewarding part of what we do. Absolutely. And that was really the focus of the conversation I had in the last episode with Georgiana was sometimes I think we let the caregiving responsibilities and not as if we're doing this on purpose, but we let those things take everything over. And sometimes it's just because you're trying to survive the day and that's the best that you can do. And as people are evaluating the situation with their own loved ones and themselves, because creating a self-care plan is just as important as creating the care plan for your loved one. You have to plan how you're going to care for yourself and how you're going to keep your own quality of life in a place that's going to be beneficial to you, not just for your loved one. It's a lot. It's a lot to consider and it's a lot lot. to pull together. And, but every single piece of that puzzle is important. And so that's what kind of brings us here today. That's actually why Georgiana connected me with you because we felt like there was a piece of that conversation that we still needed to have. And I'm so excited that you're here to talk to us about that today because the piece of the puzzle that really I think can make the most difference in creating Mm -hmm. that scenario of quality of life, not just for your loved one, but for yourself is to manage the chronic medical conditions, especially if they're your loved one's conditions, but also if they're yours. But if you can get conditions like that under control where it's not in, you're not in a crisis situation every day, then quality of life goes way up. That skyrockets. Yep. So right. ta- let's talk about that a little more. Yeah. So a few things that you can do to help with improving the way that you're managing your medical condition. And these are some of the top things that we focus on when we go into a client's home. Encouraging families to adopt what the physician or the whoever, the nurse practitioner, whoever is working with this senior, adopting those lifestyle changes. So things like getting out and doing some exercise, going for a short walk. It is amazing. Walking is such an exercise for seniors and it can boost mood. It helps them have more energy. So adopting those lifestyle changes, not just for the person with the chronic medical condition, but for other family members that are in the house, whether it's a spouse or a caregiver that's coming in and saying, hey, I'm going to go for a walk with you. Or doctor says that we need to lower the amount of salt in your diet. So we're going to eat healthy meals together. We're going to we're going to exercise, we're going to get adequate sleep. So looking at adopting these changes as a family can really be a great support to these seniors. Another simple solution for managing medical conditions can be using either pill boxes like a MetaPlanner or a blister pack where the maybe look at your pharmacy and see if they offer blister packs where the medications can be packaged for that day, or having a day where a caregiver is coming and setting a medication pillbox for this senior throughout the week. So that way you can start to track, are they taking their medications? Because if you come back, let's say this senior has a family member that lives out of town, and you're able to make it every weekend to come and check on them, or you have somebody that comes during the middle of the week to check on them, and you come back and that you filled up their Meta planner on Sunday, 
but then there's still pills in there from Tuesday and Thursday evening. Maybe they missed a few doses. And those, missing those dosages can be so critical in helping to manage that medical condition. And so ultimately what this really comes back to is when we look at these chronic medical conditions, when you look at hypertension, when you look at heart failure, when you look at diabetes, these are conditions that are affect your body and it's a cumulative effect. It, it harms your body over time. You may not see when you're being diagnosed with diabetes how that how your blood sugar being super high all the time is impacting you. But if you fast forward three, four or five years down the road and you start having the neuropathy where you're starting to lose the feeling in your fingers and your toes, and that's where it starts. Then you go two, three more years down the road, and then we start seeing people have amputations where they're starting to lose, lose their toes, lose their feet, because what earlier on, we weren't managing that medical condition, and it's a cumulative effect. It's over time. But if you manage that medical condition and you have the medication, you take the medications and you check your blood sugars, if you have hypertension, you're taking that blood pressure medication regularly so that your blood pressure is staying in a healthy range. We want your blood pressure in that 120 to 1 over 80 range. But if you're not regularly taking that blood pressure medicine and your blood pressure is consistently 150 over 90, 150 over 100, that's harming your body over time. And you may not see that impact right then. But we want our clients to be with us for a long time, having that healthy quality of life for as long as possible. That medical condition now is going to continue to help them live that long, healthy life three, four, five, ten years down the road. And so some of these things like helping them with diet and exercise, using the pill box, using the meta planner. And then another thing is writing down the vital signs that you're finding and taking those vital signs to the doctor so the doctor can see what's happening. So checking your blood sugar twice a day. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to clients' homes and I, they're supposed to be checking their blood sugar twice a day and they might be writing it down two or three times a week. And we have no idea, is their medicine working? Do they need to make adjustments? Same thing with blood pressure. If their blood pressure is, um, is all over the place, we need to figure out, one, is it that they're taking their medication and it's not enough so the doctor needs to get more. Or two, what I what really scares me is if somebody says they're taking their medication and they're really not, right. and their blood pressure is staying high, and then the doctor is upping the dose when they don't even need to because they're not taking their medication. Right. So if you're coming, if you have those situations where they're not taking their medication regularly, that's really, that's the time when a senior is needing some more support, either from a neighbor coming in and checking on them to see, did they check their medicine? Or looking at, there's a lot of different devices out there now that with medication management and family members can get a notification on an app that this device that's set up for them to dispense their medications that they can track whether their mom or dad, even from another city, has taken that medicine, if they went and popped it open and took their medicine. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's giving a call to the home care company in that situation where somebody can come in and do those med reminders with them. So any of those solutions is great, just as long as we can figure out and make sure that they're taking their medicine 
and then writing down those values when they're checking their blood sugar, when they're checking their oxygen level, when they're checking their blood pressure. So that way we can keep in communication with the doctor and make those adjustments as needed to prevent that cumulative effect. David, do you find that the meds management part of this is the most significant area that people struggle? I don't know if it's the most common. I would say the most common, I would say, is the continuing management of writing it down and following up with the doctor. Sure. We go to the doctor, we get the medications, and again, it's that that I can't believe that how many, let's see, it was 34 million Mm. that either need that blood pressure medication prescribed or they need, they've got it prescribed and they need to start (laughs) taking it. We go to the doctor and we get that. And then it is the compliance part. So first of all, making sure that they're taking it. I think that is a lot more people do a good job with that, but it's the managing it and figuring out what adjustments need to be made. The writing it down, following up with the doctor, is this what we need. And then another part of that, that we really encourage one of the questions that we ask when we're doing the medical condition management evaluation, do you have a reconciled medication list from your physician? So if you've got multiple doctors that are, let's say you have a nephrologist who's working with you on your chronic kidney disease, and you've got a cardiologist who's working with you on your congestive heart failure, and you've got an endocrinologist who's working with you on your diabetes. Let's say you've got that that trio of three of the most common conditions. It's really important to stay in contact and do regular visits with your primary care doctor because there's so many times I've gone into clients' homes where they've got what we call polypharmacy. They've got like 20 medications, and it's because this doctor has prescribed this, and it's causing these side effects, and then they go to see this doctor, and this doctor says, let's try this to counteract those side effects, and the next thing, we've got 20 medications. And having those regular communications with the primary care doctor can, a lot of times, we can work with a primary care doctor to get the number of medications down. It's not all the time, but very frequently we find out that they don't need as many medications as they're taking. And if you're having those regular communications with the doctor, the primary care doctor, so he can, or he or she can look at that med list and say, okay, we can try to back off this. Let's try and back off this. And we can work on how we're going to continue to manage your medical condition in a healthy way while you're also combining not just medications, but diet and exercise along with that to help improve that medical condition. Those are such great points. And it takes me back a couple of episodes ago. There's always another episode that something we talk about refers to, but we did a two-part series with Sandra Washington about acing your next doctor's appointment. And we talked about a lot of these things in that episode. That's why it ended up being two parts, because there was just too much goodness that we couldn't leave any of it out. And we did talk about the importance of bringing somebody with you to your medical appointments. There's a good reason for that. And I think a lot of times families are really trying to do the best they can on their own. But at some point, if you are able, it's a good idea to bring in some help if you can't physically be there for your loved one. If you're in another city, if you're working and it's just too difficult, find a way 
to give your loved one some assistance with this part. Even if I know for my mom, it was a phone call, mom, did you take your meds? How are you feeling? And it was me making notes on my end, even though she was almost three hours away at sometimes when she was at her own home, it was that kind of tracking to make sure that we had an accurate representation to give to the doctors when we went to the next appointment. And it's hard to do everything by yourself. And it I'm is. gonna tell you this, caregivers, please do not try to do everything by yourself. You're one person and it's literally impossible to do that. And sometimes it's just the little things like this, if you can find some assistance with that, whether that be through someone like senior helpers or a neighbor that might be able to accompany your loved one to a doctor's visit, someone you trust, um, a care manager. There are a lot of different options. So thank yeah. you for bringing that up. I'm going to link that episode or those two episodes with Sandra also in the notes, because I think it really relates to what we're talking about here. Yeah. And that's something that we do often. And our caregivers can help get your loved one to the doctor. And we can even do FaceTime when the doctor comes in and it's time mm -hmm. to talk about what happened. So if you're living in another city or you're not able to make that appointment for whatever reason, we can go and pick up your loved one, get them safely to and from the doctor. And while we're there, we can even bring you up on FaceTime so you can be there without having to physically be there. Great suggestion. David, what are your favorite resources to point caregivers to? Where do you think yeah. people should go to dig in deeper? So I've got a couple of great ones. Let's see. The National Council on Aging has some really great resources and information. That's ncoa.org. One of my and favorites. That's where, yep, that's a great one. Has a lot of information for caregivers about healthy aging, chronic conditions. Another one is, this one is one that's really interesting to me from a, a, an entire health, broad health perspective, but there's a lot that has to do with seniors as well, is the Healthy People 2030. And the, web, the website for that is health.gov slash healthy people. And it goes through a lot of information about interesting things. If you're looking for learning about some of the goals that the health community in general has, but looking at things like economic stability, education access and quality, healthy care access and quality, looking at neighborhoods and social and community contexts, there's a lot of really interesting information there. And then they also go into some information. So like some of their goals for where the health community wants to be in 2030, some of the specific goals that they have to have for seniors are around diabetes, hypertension, and physical activity for seniors. So they are specifically focusing on some of these most common chronic health conditions for seniors and how we want to work as a nation to reduce those. And then another great one is the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So that one is hhs.gov aging. And there's a lot of resources there available for caregivers, both at a national and a state level. There's information on healthy aging, things like mental health, diseases, conditions, injuries, and how to manage medical conditions and treatments, as well as a number of resources for caregivers. Fantastic. All great resources. Again, those links will be provided for you. We try to compile everything our guests talk about into the show notes, the blog post, and 
anywhere else. You'll find them on social media. You'll find them all over the place. We're going to try to keep you informed and in the loop. But thank you for that. Great information today. Great resources. And my favorite part of the podcast is, David, I want you to leave us with some sage advice for our listeners as we go. You got it, Liz. And thank you so much for having me today. And I'm going to jump back to something that you were just minute mentioning. And, and that's for caregivers, find that team of support. Find that team of support. Don't do it alone. View yourself as part of the healthcare team. You are part of the healthcare team for your loved one. You want to look at input from the physicians, from look at community resources such as therapy, home. You can look at home care. Senior helpers is a great option. Hospice when appropriate. One of the things that I think people often forget about is looking at a, having a nutritionist get involved. So looking at if you're looking for a diet plan for your loved one, look for that nutritionist. Liz mentioned earlier talking to like an aging life care manager. The Aging Life Care Association is a great resource. You can go on there and find care managers that are in your area that very often I have people that reach out and they say, David, I don't know where to start. What do I do? And so so I'll say, go to go on the Aging Life Care Association website, find someone. They will give you advice on elder law, on senior living options. And if you don't know where to start, check them out because they are a great resource and place to go. Look for support groups in your area. There's a lot of opportunities for people to connect. If you have a loved one that has one of these chronic health conditions that they're facing. Look for support groups in your area. Consider the spiritual community. There's a lot of churches and religious groups that also offer support services. And then just take care of yourself. There's a lot that we talked about on this episode. There's some easy steps that you can take when it comes to managing medical conditions. So get that pill planner, write down those, write down those medications, see yourself as part of the healthcare team, and then share this information with others. You're, it's amazing the difference that we see in our clients when, when we properly manage their medical condition, you see them start coming, getting that life back, getting that spring back in their step. And there's some really simple steps that we can take to help our seniors to live long, healthy lives. David, thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast and really happy with all the information that you shared. So thanks awesome. for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And thank all of you for listening. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you're finding value in what we're delivering here. It's all about you. What we're trying to do here through Sage Aging, through our website, through the podcast, through the videos, everything that we're doing is to help your caregiving experience be a better one. We want you to have quality of life and we want your loved one to have quality of life. And the best way to do that is to educate yourself. We want you to know it before you need it. So tune in next time. We have lots of great episodes coming your way really soon. The best way to never miss one is to go ahead and just hit the subscribe button. Whether you are on a podcast app or on YouTube, you can always also find us on our website, eldercareguide.com. And we'd also love it if you'd connect with us on social media. Let us know what your thoughts are. If you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, if there's something you want to see more of, you let us know about it and we will do the best we can to deliver for you. So we will talk real soon. In the meantime, hit us up at eldercareguide.com.